Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. And the ESPN app, ESPNU, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're getting tweets at Unsports ESPN, at Epco Radio, at Chris Canty 99, at M. Smallman, about uh, two of the three members of this show never having seen Seinfeld. I know. People are stunned by this with these two, with Canty and Smalls. All right, let's talk a little gambling. Why do you give me that look I'm right now? I'm catching heat online for this. Okay. I didn't say anything. Tyler Fulcham, uh, of course, covers uh, gambling. He's an ESPN betting analyst, and he joins us right now. Tyler, I said before the season, my favorite bet, regardless of the number you got, was a Minnesota Vikings under. Are you in on that as it's absolutely going to hit, regardless of the number that you have it at? Um, it's, I understand the logic, I uh, you know, regression, smacking this team right square in the face after they won, what, 13 games a season ago and all those one score affairs, um, that they're able to pull out. So understand the logic. I think it was only eight and a half, uh, nine, maybe at most books. And that division is still, I'm not so sure. Um, but Detroit looked great. The Packers looked great. So maybe it will be a little bit, uh, more difficult division. I, I understand the logic. I think a lot of smart people making under bets on the Vikings this year after what they did a season ago. Tyler, a game that people undoubtedly will be focused on in week two of the NFL slate will be Cowboys and the Jets. Now, it started out at 7.5. The line has now moved to 9.5. But the mm-hmm. point total on this game is 38.5. <laughs> it just seems like it's really, really odd right there. For me, it's a stay away. But if you were going to play this game, how would you do it? How would you isolate I think I would just isolate that total and play it under. Um, when you have a total that is less than 40, obviously the bookmakers are telling you, we got two really good defenses here, or we have a couple of bad offenses. Now, we know we have two elite defenses. The Dallas Cowboys smacked the New York Giants in the face, stole their lunch money, and left them on the side of the road. And an amazing, gutty performance by that New York defense after Aaron Rodgers goes down the fourth play to make Josh Allen look off in that game on Monday night. So I think yards and points are going to be hard to come by. I'm not willing to go take the nine points because it's hard to back Zach Wilson with my hard-earned money, my ESPN earned money. (laughs) It's hard to spend that on a Zach Wilson back team, but I trust that defense. So I'll probably stay away from the side, though. My girl, Aaron Dolan, she's willing to go on that limb and take all those points with the Jets because it's supposed to be a low-scoring game, and I'll lean into the fact that this feels like a 20-10, to 10, maybe a 23-13 to 13 type of game where Dallas is able to win, but it is kind of a boring game where the defense is dominating. Tyler, if you are going to put that hard-earned ESPN money on one bet this weekend, what do you think is the safest mm-hmm. play? All right, I, this, is, this one scares me because I'm worried I'm the fish swimming in this public pool Something stinky around here, but I, I don't know. My nose is clogged up, and I can't smell it. Why? Tell me why, uh, gents and lady, that the Arizona Cardinals are catching steam against the New York Giants. 
Why has that come down from about five to around four points in favor of the Giants? I don't think the Cardinals are going to win more than one, maybe two games all season long. I bet the Commanders in week one as my eliminator pick. I didn't bet them uh, with the points, but I bet them as an eliminator pick, and I used them in a money line parlay. They did their job, although it was a little dicey. The Giants, playoff team a year ago, they're another squad that's headed for aggression, no doubt about it, but they're much better than the Cardinals on paper, much more talented across the board. And, Canty, you know this. When you go on national TV as an NFL football player and you get your ass kicked by 40 points and get shut out and embarrassed the way the Giants did, you know that every day of practice for the next week, you are frothing at the mouth to go out there and prove that you are not as awful as you looked in the previous game. So I have to imagine Brian Dable, who is 6-0 against the spread, coming off of a loss in his giant career, has these boys dialed in to go into Arizona and absolutely take out every ounce of frustration that they are, have built up over the last week after being embarrassed by the Cowboys. So you tell me, Canty, <laughs> is my handicap right about the bounce-back spot for the Giants? Are they going to go out there and lay the wood to what is probably the most talent-deficient team in the NFL this season? No, I'm right there on board with your rationale, Tyler. The only thing that gives me cause for pause is that 91% of the cash ATS is on the New York Giants. Anytime that number is that high, I like going the other way. Because you know the casinos, those buildings in Vegas, they don't build themselves. So that's the only reason that I would actually (laughs) look at that game with a little bit of pause with putting coin on my New York football Giants. Another game that I'm really curious about, Tyler, is the matchup between the Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. Coming into the season, these are the two teams that were favored to win the AFC North. The Bengals had a lackluster performance in week one against the Browns. I think that's more about the Browns than the Bengals. But now they're going up against the Baltimore Ravens, who didn't look great on offense either. So how would you play that one? What do you look at when you start seeing that minus three Cincinnati Bengals line? Yeah, I, I like the Ravens plus the, the field goal. I know the game is in Cincinnati. I've had an early season fade on the Bengals. And, guys, I don't know if you uh, saw me give a real spicy hot take, gambling take, prior to the season starting um, this year. But I, I said the Bengals missed the playoffs. I think wow. they finished third or fourth in that division. And I'm taking the plus 275 back in August that the Bengals missed the playoffs. At some point, it adds up. This team played 20 games two years ago because they made it all the way to the Super Bowl. They played 19 games last year because they made it all the way to the AFC title game. And at a certain point, those extra games, that wear and tear, wears on you as a team. Then there's just the roster and coaching drain because the rest of the league looks around and says, hey, dang, this team's pretty good. Let's coach some of their players. They don't have uh, some of those starters, those depth starters, those B-level starters that help them get to -to back-to-back AFC championship games in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Then you have the Joe Burrow injury, soft tissue, wasn't able to practice with the team all training camp, all preseason. And it looked like it in that week one matchup against Cleveland. Now, some Bengals fans may say, well, that was the rain. That was the weather. Okay, still, fine. You know Jamar Chase. You know T. Higgins. You were not able to connect with them. And so I think there is legit concern that this Bengals team starts slow out of the gates, 0-2 like they did a season ago, and may not be able to turn it around. So I like the Ravens plus the three. It scares me that the Ravens are now, again, dealing with so many injuries yet again. Offensive linemen, J.K. Dobbins secondary players as well, and the Bengals are going to be hungry, but that three points is valuable with Lamar Jackson. In his career, guys, Lamar is 10-1-1 against the spread. 10-1-1 against the spread as an, AT, as an underdog, I should say. 
he is almost flawless, perfect as far as winning you money when you take him as an underdog. So I think it's going to be a tight, close game. I think the Bengals will be hungry. But I think – I just don't know if they are going to be the elite-level team that we have seen the last couple of years. I think they could be headed for some trouble this season, guys. Tyler, here on Unsportsmanlike, we love prop bets. Can you give us one that collectively we can all uh, cash in some money on? Oh, that's a uh, really good question. I'm a big Anthony Richardson fan, so I, I think betting on Anthony Richardson, um, you know, over passing yards, over um, rushing yards, maybe another uh, rushing TD, of course, you know, that's different props when you're talking about a quarterback for touchdown scored versus passes um, thrown. Um, I, I do think someone like Jared Goff is in for a big day in the fast track of Ford Field against the Seahawks. The Seahawks got embarrassed by the Rams, and since the Lions played on Thursday night, they have a rest advantage on the Seahawks defense that got cooked by Matthew Stafford working with, you know, a bunch of, according to the media, young players he can't connect with in Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell. So with the confidence level that Dan Campbell has for this team after they went into Kansas City and got that win on Thursday night, um, and, you know, Ford Field the course field of the NFL. If you didn't notice last year, guys, all but one game that they played at Ford Field uh, produced more than 50 points. So I think the Lions – uh, offense and Jared Goff are in for a good uh, matchup there. I would go over his um, uh, passing yardage prop in that one, and I am a big Anthony Richardson fan. He's the entire offense. Without Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he's going to run the ball a lot. You can take over on rushing attempts. You can take over on rushing yards. And he looks really good throwing the football in week one against the uh, 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 Jacksonville Jaguars. I know the Texans may have a decent defense. They look good against the Ravens, but uh, I'm a believer in Anthony Richardson. I think he's the real deal. Joined by Tyler Fulgham, uh, of course, the betting analyst, ESPN Radio here on Sportsmanlike. Uh, you mentioned your eliminated pick last week of Washington over Arizona. Who was it this week? Yeah, it's the Giants. I'm going to keep betting against Arizona. I mean, every week. Every week. Every week. Now, there'll, there'll come a point where I can't use, you know, a division opponent for the second time around. And I think that might be the Rams in week 11, if I, I, if I, if I remember correctly. I think week 11, I'll have to pivot off the Arizona opponent because they'll already have played the Rams earlier in the season. But uh, I'm going with the Giants. I, I think it's a great bounce-back spot. I think the Giants will be motivated. And although it is stinky, although it is fishing, although the public is fishing with me in this pond, guys, doesn't feel comfortable um, in Eliminator, I don't have to worry about the spread. I just need them to win by a single point, and I, I'm confident they'll do that. Tyler, before we let you get out of here, i got to ask you about what figures to be the matchup of the week between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm -hmm. Kansas City is a three-and-a-half-point dog. Now, Patrick Mahomes in his career starts as an underdog is 7-1-1 ATS. Now, I get that he's going to have Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey back, which is only going to help the Chiefs cause. But this is a different Jacksonville Jaguars team from the one a year ago. Right. And I do remember the divisional round where that same Jags team went into Arrowhead and it was a three-point game in the fourth quarter. So if you're going to bet this game, which way are you leaning? Well, yeah, Chris, uh, it may seem like uh, the, the the Chiefs should be a dog because they are going through all these injuries and loss. They're the favorite. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Oh, excuse me, three-and-a-half-point favorite, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're a three-and-a-half-point home dog is Jacksonville. And listen, I love Trevor Lawrence. I, I think he is the real deal. And one of the questions I'm going to ask on Daily Wager today with Mina Kimes, who's going to join us, is, is Trevor Lawrence ready to prove that he can stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with Patrick Mahomes in a big-time, I know it's not a prime-time game, but it's a big-time game. This is a game where they, they can prove Jacksonville that they're the real deal. And I, I think there's path to him doing that. I think there's path to Jacksonville winning this game. I, I certainly don't think there's no chance. 
But I am going to lay the points on the road with the Chiefs. Even mm-hmm. though it's right over, even though I got that hook tacked on to the field goal, I'm going to lay it with Patrick Mahomes because he is still the king of this league. And I think the Chiefs are going to be ticked off. They do have the rest advantage. They played on Thursday. Andy Reid, when he has extra days to prepare compared to his opponent, usually plays well. Chris Jones, probably not going to get his full allotment of snaps, but he is back, and that will help the defense. And we'll see about Travis Kelsey. And, and let's be honest here, guys. Kadarius Toney, Sky Moore, and the rest of that receiving stat core cannot play any worse than they did against the Lions. I mean, I don't think KT is going to drop three passes and, and play that poorly. I don't think Sky Moore is going to be a no-show in this matchup. So I think there's going to be some elevation for Mahomes' teammates to help him out. Um, the fact that it has not, the Sharps have not gotten it down to Jacksonville plus three is telling to me, whereas I'm ignoring the Sharps in that Arizona uh, Giants game. I'm listening to the Sharps here, and I know the Sharps believe in Patrick Mahomes, and I do too, so I'll lay that three and a half. But man, would not be shocked at all if Jacksonville not only covers, but win this game outright, because Trevor Lawrence, I think, might be on Sunday when we are wrapping up uh, you know, coverage of games. We might be talking about pre- J- Jacksonville Jaguars is a legit Super Bowl contender mm. because Lawrence outdueled Mahomes, and Mahomes still played a good game. Mm. Yeah, I don't think anything you said is crazy at all. I think that's very possible, and it's not a knock on Mahomes. It's wow. just a compliment oh, to Trevor that. Lawrence, wow. for sure. Tyler, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. As always, guys. Tyler Fogum, ESPN betting analyst, joining us here on Unsportsmanlike to hopefully win some people some money out there um, this weekend. That's got to be the game of the week, though, right? Kansas City, Jacksonville, mm-hmm. that's got to be yes, the game of the week. Yes, but. I really do think Sunday Night Football between New England and Miami could compete with that. It's the game of the week going in. Coming out of it, we've all been hyping up Miami, and New England's defense is really good. I think that could be a fun game on Sunday night as well. I think you got a few good games. Or, well, obviously, a few good games. A few great <laughs> games uh, this weekend. And we are on Sportsmanlike with Evan Candy and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport, brought to you by Grey Goose. Coming up, they both got paid this offseason, but will Burrow and Lamar bounce back after a struggle in week one? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Smalls from about 5 to 5.40 a.m. Eastern time every morning. <laughs> oh, no doubt. 17 no doubt. people in there with she her. Is, she is back there she getting fancy, fancy huh? with the glam squad. Oh. No question. Nails done, hair done, everything did. Yeah, she has the you. toughest job, right? Lock it in. <laughs> Brought to you by Gorilla for the toughest jobs on planet Earth. Lock it in. Small's getting her hair done and nails done every single morning. Not nails. No, I do that on my own. Yeah, yeah, but the hair and the makeup. But the nails are done. By the way, before we get into Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson, I got to show and tell you guys something. So Miami played last night against Bethune-Cookman. 
Well, there was a guy, a big Miami fan in the crowd last night, courtesy of the ACC Network. If you're watching on the TV side on ESPNU, I'm going to explain it to you on the radio side here on uh, ESPN Radio and, of course, all across the country, ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80. There was a guy who went to the game last night in full uniform. Look at this guy if you're watching on the TV side. Full uniform in the stands at the game. Helmet, shoulder pads, gloves, cleats, pants. Your thoughts on this, guys? Very creepy. Very creepy. <laughs> I'd be very nervous if that guy was behind my sideline. Like, if I'm one of the players on the team and I'm looking back and I see a guy in full uniform, maybe might be a little unstable. Like, I know football players are off to some degree, yeah. but if there's a guy that's not on the team that shows up in full uniform, that dude really off. Like, I really don't want no problems with him. My one question is why? 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 So <laughs> Tell me why. Ain't <laughs> nothing but a heartache. <laughs> Don't know the rest of it. It's only, just tell me why. It's I what you already just said. I, I'm sorry. That's all it is next, That's though. It. Tell me why. Yeah, yeah, but now I can't do okay, it. Okay, we ruined just, it. Yeah. I ruined it. That was my bad. Usually you the one that makes things lame. I made that one lame. That's my bad. That's <laughs> so my here's bad. what I would want to know, though. If you're a player and you see a guy in full uniform in the crowd, would you initially think, wait, why was one of my teammates in the crowd? Because that guy looks like he's on the team. Right, he's a, right. so I would look up there and be like, wait, why is whoever in the crowd right now? That yeah. makes no sense to no me. No sense at all. Very odd. You very, be, very strange. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, Evan, as we were leaving. Cece, I want to get your take on this too. I was told by some of my guy friends that one of the lamest things you can do is show up to pick up basketball wearing a full basketball jersey, like shorts combo, like the full uniform. Yeah, you can't show up to a pickup no. game like that. Like if you're showing up like yeah. that, then then you probably can't play, and you're hoping that the swag gets you picked on a mm. team, but you're really not a baller. Okay. No. Yeah. If I show up to play pickup ball, and I'm wearing my Udonis Haslam heat jersey and shorts, uh, that is the lamest thing, and I love Udonis. It has nothing to do with that. that. That is the lamest thing on planet Earth. Yeah, my unless, guy friends were telling me. Unless you're putting up the cash that teams are betting in those games, then you're probably yeah, not no, going to get Unless I them. am you're, the player. That's what I'm saying. You're not going to get any run. No. You're no, not going to get any horrible run. Look. Horrible look. <laughs> okay. So we asked this question about bounce back this weekend with Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow, right? Now, Lamar Jackson won. Joe Burrow did not. Am I crazy to think that neither of these guys like have any – I don't have any worry about either one of them. I have no worry. My assumption is they're both going to be fine. By the end of the season, they're both going to have their team in the playoffs, and they're both going to be hovering around MVP consideration. I have zero worry at all for both of these guys. Yeah, I don't have any concern either. If I'm going to pick one guy to bounce back more so than the other in this matchup, it would be Lamar Jackson just because of what I saw from their offense, even though it was a lackluster performance. Lamar Jackson on throws of 15 air yards or more was four for four and a passer rating of 118. And those were all receivers on those targets. So to me, it's a product of having Todd Munkin as their offensive coordinator opening things up. And we also saw in that game against the Texans, Lamar pulling the ball down and running. In drop-back situations, him as a scrambler and using his legs as a weapon is much more dangerous than those design runs under former offensive coordinator Greg Roman. So to me, Lamar Jackson, I think, has the better chance at being able to bounce back in this week's matchup versus the Cincinnati Bengals, although I think both quarterbacks will play better than we saw in week one. I'm with you. No concerns of either of these guys. I think both of them are going to bounce back. And when Lamar's healthy, 
He's owned the Bengals. 2-0 at Cincinnati when he's played 87 points without Lamar. The Ravens have lost their past three trips to Cincinnati. So I just imagine we see a big game from Lamar. Yeah, I'm not worried. I'm really not worried about either one of them. By the way, I want to point out one thing. With the Eagles and the Vikings game, so we've been talking about the the Eagles win last night, the turning point of the game, the big fumble that Justin Jefferson had in the end zone. It's amazing. If you go to Twitter, at Unsports ESPN, at Evco Radio, at ChrisCanty99, at M Smallman, not that we just want to go based on this, but we are not in the majority It's kind of split as to whether or not it's a good rule or not. We all think it's a horrible rule, fumbling it forward out of bounds where the other team gets the ball. People are saying, no, you screw up. You deserve to lose possession. I can't believe that there are people that actually counter that. Well, there are traditionalists. A lot of people are resistant to change. I mean, they just are. They don't want to see anything change about football. They don't like any rules changes. They understand what it is right now. They don't want to see any movement on that front. But I don't think that that's going to stop or should stop the National Football League from trying to improve on your product. And you quite literally have a rule that makes no sense. When the game is based on trying to favor the offense because it's a better entertainment product when the offense has more points, why would you have a rule that penalizes the offense when the defense quite literally doesn't recover possession of the ball? Like anywhere else on the field outside of the end zones, if the offense fumbles the ball out of bounds, the ball remains with the offense. Why would you gift it to the defense Makes after no the sense. offense works it down to the red zone, gets it close enough to the end zone where they can fumble it out of the back of the end zone? Yeah. That makes no sense. Now, listen, I don't have the perfect solution. I know you floated something out there, Ev. But at the very least, the NFL should look at how they can make this right because it doesn't, it doesn't seem rational to reward the defense when they don't get a legitimate takeaway. Yeah, and what you're referring to, so my solution is – if you have the ball inside the 20 and you fumble it out of the end zone, you get the ball back at the 20. And if you have the ball outside the 20 and you fumble it out of the end zone, it basically becomes an incompletion or a fumble out of the end zone, whatever it is. It's a loss of down and you get the ball back in the line of scrimmage. It's way better than what we currently have, which is the opposition then gets the ball. It makes no sense. Plus, you're not allowed to fumble forward. In its simplest form, you can't fumble forward. That's true. Right? You can fumble backwards, but you cannot fumble forward. Coming up, why do coaches continue to call out Primetime. Deion Sanders. We'll find out next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again. By visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. 
It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. ESPN app, Sirius XM80. ESPN U, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. By the way, the guy in the crowd at the Miami games that we were just talking about, he does it to honor his late brother. Interesting um, get up, but it's honor his late brother there. But it's yeah, I still... feel like a jerk now that we made it. No, 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 no. It's, we Go weren't ahead. doing it about that. I asked yeah. you if you had a guy at your games. You never played for the University of Miami. No, I didn't. I wasn't asking <laughs> about that guy. I'm saying I'm thinking about you as a Raven, Giant, or Cowboy. If all of a sudden you look in the crowd, how would you know the reason behind it as a player? That's you what would, I'm saying. You, you wouldn't know, right? And, and that's, that's why. I said, and that's story. why I would say that guy was probably a little bit off. Right, but, but in not this situation this with this guy in Miami, he's different not off. Story. He's honoring his late brother. Correct. Totally different story. Yeah, totally different story. I'm saying about CeCe in the NFL for the Giants. By yeah. the way, I think some of the Giants were in the crowd, actually. Uh, and they weren't playing They weren't on week. the field. They weren't <laughs> on the field. They didn't do a damn sure. thing on the field. By the way, we do have to shout out our TV producer, Jerry. It is his birthday today. So happy birthday happy to birthday, Jerry. Jerry. Happy birthday, Jerry. So, uh, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. This is always the happy birthday that I go with, too, by yeah, the way. Really? Like the Stevie Wonder happy birthday. Better than the classic. Because, yeah, because if you give somebody the classic happy birthday, it's just kind of yeah, like it's yeah, dry. It's, yeah. it's dry. You don't really care about that person. The happy birthday from Stevie Wonder just kind of, it makes it feel like it's genuine and endearing. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Like, this, like you matter to me that I'm going to sing happy birthday and put a little bit of rhythm and blues into it. <laughs> You know what I mean? It sets the tone for a good just year. A, just a little bit of swag, kind of yeah. like Coach Prime. Yeah, well, I got my hat and my sunglasses on right now. Uh, Chad is. Brown is going to join us right now. He works for 104.3 in Denver. The sister station, ESPN 1600 in Denver, has our show, so we appreciate them out there in Denver. Went to Colorado, and he joins us now. And, of course, he hosts on ESPN Radio from 9 p.m. to midnight every Saturday night with Gabe Neitzel talking all college football. Uh, Chad, why do people hate on Deion Sanders for the hat and sunglasses, in this case specifically Jay Norvell? <laughs> you know, I cannot speak for, for Jay Norvell. I thought his comments were, uh, who are you speaking to if you're Jay Norvell? Are you, are you speaking to your mom? Are you trying to recruit your mom? I'm not talking about <laughs> Jay Norvell's mom in a negative way. Or are you talking to 17 and 18-year-old kids? Because I know who Coach Prime is trying to speak to with the hat and glasses. I know who thinks Coach Prime is cool. So just based on where the programs are, where they've played so far this season, how they've played so far this season, I think the guy in the hat and glasses knows exactly who his image is speaking to, who his press conferences are, are trying to address. And one guy is speaking to a, a crowd that can't affect the football games. So for Jay Novell to put his foot in his mouth in the way that he did, it's unfortunate because now, as Coach Prime has talked about with the Colorado Buffalo players, this game is now personal. It's unfortunate for the CSU Ram players who will be on the field because they'll be the ones who will suffer. Jay Novell won't suffer as much as those players will suffer as now the Colorado Buffalo players have an extra incentive, have bulletin board material to make those Ram players suffer Saturday night. Chad, can you just describe what it's been like to go on this ride with Coach Prime? This is a program that won one game a year ago. Now they have two important wins. They're a ranked team. College game day is going to be there. They're at the epicenter of the college football world. What's it been like to witness this turnaround in such a short period of time? It's been truly amazing. After what's been a really dark period for the Colorado Buffaloes, we all knew with Coach Prime and the players coming in that they were going to be a more talented football team. There was no doubt about that. Um, but uh, Chris can speak to this. Now, the best teams that I was ever on 
weren't because we were the most talented, but because we played together the best. So my football experience told me that it would take some time to bring that many new guys together, 88 new guys on the team, 68 new scholarship players. That would take some time to pull them all together. Even for a guy like Matt Rule, who the bus played last week at Nebraska, he turned things around at Temple and Baylor, but it took the second season to bring the success on the field. So a guy who's known around as a, as a turnaround coach, it took him two seasons. So I didn't think the Buffs would be able to pull it off as quickly as they have. So I'm not sure if Coach Prime would call me a doubter or a hater, but at this point I certainly do believe that uh, he and his coaching staff, particularly Sean Lewis, his offensive coordinator, have put things in a structure that these players – despite coming from all different schools and so many different backgrounds and so many different playing styles and techniques, wherever they came from, had them on the same page and had them executing at an incredibly high level in a way and as quickly that uh, I thought was not going to be possible. Chad, it's rare that you have a quarterback that's one of the front runners from the Hyman being overshadowed by his head coach, but that just happens to be the case with Shador Sanders at Colorado. Now, in comparison to the Caleb Williams, the Drake Mays of the world, how does he stack up as one of the better talents at the quarterback position in college football? Well, ESPN's own Mel Kuyper has Shador Sanders as the third-ranked quarterback in this year's upcoming draft. So if he decides to leave, that's where he's at. This is only after two weeks. He did put up the score record 510 yards against TCU in the opener. Uh, had another great performance against Nebraska last week. I can't imagine that things are going to be different against CSU, who's a much lower-level opponent than either Nebraska or TCU. So I, I'm expecting another Heisman-level performance for him. But to your point, this program – the Colorado program is all, really all about Coach Prime at this point. He led in the offseason with the passion and the swagger and the recruiting and the, and the braggadociousness. And now it has been met this football season with the results on the football field after two games. And it's just almost impossible to imagine that the bus will not be 3-0 and after this weekend with Oregon and USC up next. So the attention around the Buffaloes program has been amazing, but it's only going to ratchet up even further with those quality opponents coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you, joined by Chad Brown, former NFL linebacker, Patriots. I know he played for other teams, but for me as a Patriot. <laughs> and, uh, and Colorado linebacker. And, of course, you can hear him on 104.3 in Denver, where we are on his sister station there, 1600 a.m. in Denver. And you'll hear him on Saturday nights here on ESPN Radio, along with Gabe Neitzel from 9p until midnight. Chad, is there a moment you think of as the lowest possible point over the last five years, let's say, 10 years with Colorado football? Like, where was the low in comparison to now the high? Wow, there's just been so many difficult moments for the Colorado Buffaloes. Um, Gosh, maybe the modern low is with the last coach, Carl Durrell, who I really enjoyed Carl. I saw Carl was going to be a, a good hire for the Colorado Buffaloes. He was a, a guy, a young coach on the staff when I was still playing for the Buffaloes. I did a coaching internship with the New York Jets. He was the wide receivers coach out there. Um, and at that point, he wasn't even thinking about the Colorado job. But I had a chance to watch him work and thought, this guy you know, has a chance to be another a good head coach if he gets the opportunity again. Um, but when he was the coach of the Buffaloes just a couple of years back, with the transfer rules, 
and the NIL, he did not realize that he needed to go out and re-recruit the players that were currently on his roster. So the Buffs had some talent, but then Christian Gonzalez goes to Oregon and becomes a first-round pick. He was on the Colorado Buffaloes. So that's the case for a lot of players around the Pac-12 who left the Buffs when the transfer portal opened up because the staff at Colorado did not recognize it. They needed to give those kids a compelling reason to stay at CU. And so even though there was recruiting prowess going on, there was recruiting positivity going on, those kids all left and went to other schools, went to greener pastures as far as NIL dollars, and went to greener pastures as far as NFL opportunities and went to greener pastures as far as teams that could be bowl eligible. So there was talent, but we couldn't keep it. So that was just another one of those low moments in kind of modern CU history that comes to mind immediately with that question. Talking to former NFL All-Pro linebacker Chad Brown on on Sportsmanlike. And Chad, in Denver, all eyes this weekend will be on Russell Wilson. Now, in Russ's 16 starts with the Denver Broncos, that offense has only scored north of 16 points five times. They are hosting the Washington Commanders. How much pressure is on Russell Wilson to deliver a win this Sunday? There's a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson. Let's not forget Russell Wilson is 10-20 and 20 in his last 30 starts. 10-20. and 20. Mm. So Russell Wilson is far removed from some of that success that he had in Seattle. Um, that we, you know, instantly comes to mind when we talk about Russell Wilson. So the Russell Wilson of the Denver Broncos, the lower-scoring Russell Wilson, the inability to get his team over the hump, Russell Wilson, that's really been, the, you know, where he's been truer to form in the last 30 games than what we think about his previous times in, in Seattle. So a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson, a lot of pressure on Sean Payton as well. Sean Payton was brought in to turn this offense into a higher-scoring offense, only 16 points in week one. Sean Payton was brought in to clean up the number of penalties and, and dumb football the Broncos played last year. They were heavily penalized on Sunday against Las Vegas. So there's a couple of guys with some pressure on them. But to your point, I think most of the pressure is on Russell Wilson because if he does not get things on the right track this season, Russell Wilson and his quarter-billion-dollar contract are going to be gone. And the Denver Broncos with the Walton Pinner Group, the richest owners in all of professional sports, I think will be forced to cut bait and move on past Russell Wilson. So this is a game, I know it's, it's only week two, there's still lots of time for him to be better, but this is one of those critical games, at least from a fan base perspective, where he can start getting the conversation going in the right direction. But right now, it feels like a repeat of what was really uh, last year in Russell Wilson's worst season in the NFL. Well, Chad, as we say goodbye, I'll just say this. If I were Colorado, I would be giving out hats and sunglasses to every fan this <laughs> yeah! weekend. That is my Amen. marketing tool. Yeah! I'm getting that sponsored immediately. Hat and sunglasses as I have it on and support a Coach Prime right now. Chad, thanks so much for a few minutes. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. I'm with Chris. Stevie, uh, Chris, Stevie Wonders. Happy birthday to you is the only appropriate happy birthday. Oh, for sure. You already know what time it is, Chad. Appreciate you coming on, brother. All right, there he is, Chad Brown, of course. 104.3 The Fan in Denver, 1600. The sister station there is where we are on. So if you're out there in Denver, thank you for listening to us each and every morning. All right, coming up, it is time for the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge. Hopefully we do a little bit better this week than we did last week. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We pick games every week. We do. Against other shows here on ESPN Radio. and uh, We weren't in last, but we weren't in first. We're not doing well. Freddie and Harry, 3-0. Game night, Q Myers, Emmett Golden and company. Two and one. Okay. We are we are in good company in terms of the tie. Yeah. We are tied at one and two with Greeny, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time. Carlin versus Joe, 12 p. to 3 p. Eastern time. Amber and Ian, 7 p. to 10 p. Eastern time. All of us are one and two. So, our three games this week. Where are we going? Let's start here with the Dolphins and the Patriots. The Dolphins are favored by three at New England Southern Night Football. I like the Dolphins. In yeah, this we one. love the Dolphins. We like on the this Dolphins. One. Like Come the on. offense is just one of those offenses that's unstoppable. I just don't trust it. Oh, boy. The one thing that you can't coach is speed. Yep. There are no good answers when it comes to combating that scheme and how Mike McDaniel deploys those receivers. And Tua is throwing the ball with great anticipation, maybe better than anybody else in the National Football League. And he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. So. I love the Dolphins. I'll lay the points. I just feel good about what they're bringing to the party. And Tua is undefeated against Bill Belichick. That's got to matter for something as well. Coming off 466? I don't know, Evan. I know you he wanted... can't throw D, but he can throw for 466. He can throw 466. There I know you, you wanted to put the Patriots hat on here, but I think we've got to go I'll take the under the on the 466. He's not going to throw for 466 this week. You could still think he has a good game, but New England's not letting up 466 yards. I will say this. 70% of the cash in this game is on his New England Patriots. Wow. Very interesting. Next game, the Chiefs are favored by three and a half at the Jaguars. That's the obvious biggest game of the weekend going into the weekend. I think the game we just talked about, the Dolphins and the Patriots, could be the biggest game coming out of the weekend. But going into it, there's no question when you have two quarterbacks like that who I think, give it a year, maybe not even, I think there's going to be a big three. I think it's Mahomes, Burrow, and Lawrence. I think that's what's going to happen here. So we have the Chiefs favored by three and a half at the Jaguars. Well, here's the interesting thing. Doug Peterson and Andy Reid disciples. So we'll get Mm. to see those guys in that chess match, the back and forth with that. Do I think that the Kansas City Chiefs are six and a half points better than the Jacksonville Jaguars? Because home field is worth three points. This game is in Jacksonville. The line is Chiefs laying the three and a half. I don't think that the Chiefs are six and a half points better than the Jacksonville Jaguars. I talked about that game in the divisional round last year where it was a three-point ball game in the fourth quarter. Chiefs ended up pulling away. I like where the Jacksonville Jaguars are. It wasn't a great performance by them against the Colts in week two. I mean, in week one. So we talk about the Chiefs wanting to bounce back in week two. I think the Jags are looking to make a statement in week two. And this is the team that they're going to measure themselves against. Give me the Jags plus three and a half. I'm not saying that they're going to win the game. 
but I could certainly see this being a field goal game. And so that's why I love the hook. I think they're going to win this game. I love the Jaguars mm. in this game. Mm. I know Chris Jones coming back. I know Travis Kelsey coming back. There's just something about the way the Chiefs looked and, and getting that rhythm back. I don't know. I think we're going to come in on Monday and we're going to be talking about the Jaguars beating the Chiefs. So if you're right, where my mind goes is not to Jacksonville for a second. It actually oddly goes to the Chicago Bears. Hmm. Why? If the Chiefs lose and they fall to 0-2, nobody would pick against them in week three, regardless of who they're playing. They'd be playing the Bears one at home. One of the teams we have an eye on this weekend are the Chicago Bears. After losing to the Green Bay Packers, if they somehow go on the road and lose to Tampa, and then they have to go and travel to Kansas City, all hell breaks loose. So I think the Jaguars-Chiefs going to be a great game, but my mind goes to if Smalls is right and the Jaguars win outright, the Chiefs are on it the next week, and they have a, the go up against the Bears. You could be looking at a disastrous 0-3 start for Chicago. Ravens at Bengals. Bengals favored by three, our third game here, guys. I like yeah, the Ravens. Yeah, I like the Ravens on this one, man. I, I, even though both offenses struggled in week one, the defense for the Baltimore Ravens did not struggle. Now, granted, they're going up against a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud, but that defense with Roquan Smith has just been a different unit ever since the trade deadline last year when he came over from the Chicago Bears. That's what I'm betting on. Surprisingly, the Ravens found a way to be able to manufacture pressure against that uh, Houston Texans offensive line, which is not a terrible offensive line. So I I like the fact that, that this Ravens defense is something that this team can hang their hat on until their offense figures it out. Give me the Baltimore Ravens in a close game. Lamar Jackson figures out a way to win it. Are we factoring in Joe Burrow's haircut at all? He's changing the vibes. Good he point. didn't like his week one performance. He cut his hair. Is that a factor at all? Uh, for me, it is. Yeah, he he did it to change up the mojo. That's what he said. That's right. Right. He did it because he wanted to change that vibe. He wanted something different about his performance. So we better see something different. Yeah, but give me the Ravens. I'm getting points with the Baltimore Ravens yeah, when it's a coin flip this. game. I got to take the points. And the healthy Lamar is own the Bengals. Exactly. Exactly. I By the way, it. we have a big clarification from one of the big stories this week. Uh-oh. Jason Kelsey, Philadelphia Eagles center, has said, quote, about his brother and Taylor Swift, I know Trav is having fun and we'll see what happens with whoever he ends up with. Bum, bum. What now, that is, that, is that more inflammatory with Trevon, than what Trevon Diggs said about his brother, Step Diggs? That he doesn't want to be there? <laughs> yeah, no, like, I'm just trying to figure it out. Like, which, which one is the bigger story? I uh, would go with I, the Diggs family, for you sure. You would go with the Diggs family? No, the biggest, I don't know. The, the bigger story is Jason Kelsey's. saying no. that he doesn't have faith that Travis is going to go to distance with Taylor Swift. No, because that is so loose right there. It's, Are we oh, calling them trailer now? Are we calling them trailer now? I'm Travis not, and Taylor? I don't know, but... Trailer? Trailer? Yeah, it doesn't really trailer? have that punch that you Swift C? No. Swift C? I don't know. Well, the bigger story is definitely anything that involves Taylor Swift. That's of course. obvious. But the bigger football story is the Steph Diggs thing isn't going away. Yeah. It is clear. I'm sorry. When Stephen A says it, I believe it. So when Stephen A puts it out there that he's been hearing that Steph Diggs ain't happy there, and then you have what Josh Allen did, maybe Steph Diggs is just smarter than the rest of us, right? Maybe he's like, I see what this guy does. I'm on his team. He throws it to the other team. I'd rather be with a quarterback that throws it to me. I'm just saying, I think that's I'd rather be with the quarterback that gets me the ball more than four times in a divisional round in the playoffs. How about that part of it? I mean, this is this has been a situation that has been ongoing ever since that moment. We heard rumblings earlier in the offseason that Steph Diggs wasn't happy. 
It, we heard it during training camp. There was this quasi-weird holdout going on with Steph Diggs. Now, apparently they've been able to smooth that over, but how long is that going to last if Josh Allen keeps having multi-turnover games and this team keeps finding themselves on a losing side of close ball games? I just it, it seems like it's a very combustible situation, and Trayvon Diggs did nothing to, to douse that or de-escalate that. As a matter of fact, he threw gas on the situation by saying we got to get bro somewhere safe. Yeah, there was some underlying tension that came to the surface, and I don't think with the way that they're playing that that's going away anytime soon. Ooh, if they lose to the Raiders mm-hmm. at home, mm-hmm. nine-and-a-half-point favorites, mm-hmm. if you lose to the Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo? Josh McDaniels, people got to lay off of him then. I'm Everybody just, wanted to fire last saying, year. If they lose to the Raiders? Coming off a loss to Zach Wilson. Ooh, for, the the hate, for the haters, for the Josh Allen haters. Uh, big Ooh. note also, later today, ESPN Television, Aaron Rodgers is going to join Pat McAfee at 2.10 p.m. Eastern time. We've seen the Instagram post, which CC didn't like. Too dramatic on the Dark Knight references. And we saw that he had surgery on that torn Achilles. We're going to hear from Rodgers today, 2.10 p.m. Eastern time. I am sure Carlin versus Joe will have all the sound right after that. That's it, though. Greeny coming up next. We are on to Monday. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.